Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Look, here's the reality of the situation. Thanks for being with us Sunday morning. Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason and Jason Dumas with you for the next four hours. Since it's Sunday, of course, we're parked on the street. I'm not sure where you are, Jason. I know you're out there somewhere. No, uh, I, yeah. I, use, yeah. I use my cron spot. Okay. Yeah. So so parking meter's not enforced today. So, you know, you park on the street, but especially on Sunday morning, you got to be kind of watchful. Uh, I know Brian, our producer's out there as well, and you got to be watchful. And we got to report, Jason, that there's some ne'er do well out there riding around on his bike <laughs> and sweats. And so, you know, it's like, all right, keep an eye on things. And I guess you got an ID on this guy, huh? Oh, yeah. It was it was the skipper in town, Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler. Seriously, this morning, riding around on his bike, you saw him. Yeah, yeah, no, but <laughs> honestly, it's not even odd anymore. I see him all the time riding that bike. I, I honestly see him about two to three times a month on that bike. Uh, you know, down in this area, if you're familiar with where our studios are located, down kind of right off the Embarcadero. He's, Battery Broadway area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, uh, he, you know, I'd imagine he lives around here. Um, Probably on his way to the park already, yeah, maybe? Probably. Yeah. I mean, if if he lives around here, maybe he stops home, grabs a few things. But they play at one, so, you know, he's going to be at going to the park soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool because he is just so normal, too, like... You know, some high profile people, they try to like seclude themselves from the general public. And sometimes it's understandable. Yeah. Understandable. Some guys right? have to do yeah, that. Yeah, but no, not him. And he was like that in Philadelphia too. When he was in Philly, he lived right in Northern Liberties, which is like just a neighborhood in the city. And people would see him all the time being in coffee shops and stuff. So right, I forgot about the Philly connection. Yeah, so, of course, uh, you're a Philly guy. Yeah, you know. So Gabe, so I don't know. Do you you have his number? I don't. I don't have his number, but you you're yeah, a heavy hitter. Yeah, yeah. I used to like, like I said, I see him like two to three times a, a month riding his bike, and I used to always text him like, "Oh, just you just rode past me," and he he would like give it a like or like yeah. be like, "Yeah, I hope all's well, Jason." Yeah. And then I started. I was like, "This kind of weird." Texting him every single time I see him on his bike because <laughs> I do it so frequently. He's just like, "All right, cool." <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I yeah. see you rode by me. Nice. Yeah. So he's got to be feeling a lot better about things than he was a week ago. The Giants yeah. are playing better right now, wrapping up the first half. One, two, or three so far. Yeah. Some good Brewers. Yeah. Team and I think they've won six of eight now overall. Yeah, so yeah. got yeah. a little push going. Yeah. They're playing well. It'd be, yeah. uh, and when is the All Star break? It's coming up, right? Yeah. After today, we got the All Star game on Tuesday. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah, if they could get three or four heading into the All Star mm -hmm, break, winning mm -hmm. seven and nine, that would be a nice little push. Um, because about a week and a half ago, things were looking dire. They were, yeah. So, um, you know, I never even when they even when they were, I mean, obviously defense is a very very real concern, and their offense can just be so stagnant. But even with all those struggles, and then you know the losing streak about a week and a half ago. I wasn't worrying too much, relatively speaking. Is this like a championship roster? Probably not, um, even though baseball is just really about getting hot because we saw, you know, we see it every year. Team could win like 107 games like the Giants last year, not make it out the first round. Even the team though that won last year, to your point, was Atlanta. They didn't even have a winning record until August. Exactly. That's, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. So. I don't want to say this isn't a championship roster because in baseball, if you get hot for six weeks, you can win it all. But relatively speaking, I never really worried about this team. I do think it's a wild card team. And once you get into tournament, anything can happen. 
Well, we've been talking on this station, of course, a lot about a couple of names lately, a handful of names. You got, of course, Jimmy G, and we'll talk about him today and what's going on with Jimmy G, and is he going to be traded? And now Cleveland would have us believe they're looking for a backup if Deshaun Watson's out to Brissett. They don't necessarily want Jimmy G. So we got that going on. Of course, we've been talking about KD. Where is he going to go? Is he coming here? Could he come back here? If he doesn't go here, where is he going to go? And we've been talking about James Wiseman, and we'll continue to talk about him today, especially uh, given the fact that uh, Jason just got back from summer league, yeah, I was, mm-hmm. I, I, I got a little uh, geeky. I was watching Oklahoma City and Sacramento on, I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. I forget what. Yeah, yeah that was that was Wednesday. Wednesday, and I'm watching, and then uh, you know Keegan Murray's having a good game, and they go to sideline report with him. It's like, hey, there's Jason <laughs> on NBA TV. I got very excited. I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah, man, it was a cool, cool opportunity, cool experience, and. Uh, that game in particular was like we were really excited for that one. OKC sack because you have Chet, you have Keegan. Uh, Chet actually didn't really play all that well. His team got the win though, uh, and he had he, he made a couple really nice blocks uh, in the fourth quarter to help preserve that win. But yeah, Keegan had like twenty nine, I think, that game. And uh, the format for NBA TV and summer league, we in we have. Two in-game interviews with a player during the actual game, aside from the walk-off interview after the game. But so it's like the high score on the road team after the first quarter and the high score on the home team after the third quarter. And Keegan Murray had nine points after the first. And, you know, uh it was I just asked him, hey man, you know, the headlining matchup is you versus Chet. How do you how do you stay focused on the actual game and not worried about like that duel? And he gave a great answer and I, th- I think he's going to be really good for Mike Brown. And, you know, I'm rooting for Mike there. Brown so yeah, hard that yeah. they snapped that 16-year mm-hmm. playoff drought because, you know, Sacramento, one, I love the Golden 1 Center. I, I like the Golden 1 Center more than Chase. Very nice building. It, it's it's awesome. got a little more character in it. Yeah, way. it's uniqueness. Just a, yeah, yeah, it's an awesome arena. And, you know, I mean, they haven't had much to cheer for in 16 years, but when the Kings were good, they had some of the most rabid fans in the NBA. You remember the Cowbells. So I would love to uh, see the Kings relevant again. It would just be fun, especially just, you know, what is it, about an hour and a half yeah. down the road? You know, the, Tim Roy makes this point a lot. He used to do King stuff. The Warriors and the Kings, you know, there could be a rivalry there, perhaps regional, but at no point have both teams been good. Right. At no point have you had two really good teams in both markets. So maybe someday. Yeah. Maybe, maybe someday. One day. Yeah. By the way, I was disappointed you mentioned Holmgren, and I know I wasn't the only one, but I was really looking forward to him against Wiseman. And I know they wouldn't necessarily be, you know, matched up the whole game. Yeah, um, Friday. Yeah, he didn't play, but oh well. Yeah. I we I was worried that he wasn't going to play the game I had of him because because remember they played in Utah as well, uh the OKC for that Utah summer league. So he had played like up when I had that game, he had played, I think it was his sixth game in like nine days or 10 days. Um, and then just the day before, uh, what's his name? The guy on the Pelicans uh, towards ACL, the rookie, literally towards ACL while Willie Green was uh, on mm-hmm. on our air. Uh, Willie Green had to watch his rookie tear his ACL. God, his name on the tip of my tongue, but... Is a rookie like the fifteenth pick or whatever? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I apologize. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm like, gosh, when when something like that happens, all of a sudden you start seeing these teams start resting their rookies because it it becomes a reality. Liddell, yeah. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah EJ Liddell, right? Yeah, tears his ACL. Um, 
So I was I was worried that they were going to rest Chet during my game, but they decided to rest him this game. And I get it. I get it. He doesn't. I mean, yeah, I do too. But we got load management now in summer league. Yeah. Josh Giddy sitting there. Bancaro, hey, you look good for two games. Sit down. I understand it, but it's like, come on, I'm trying to watch the game. I want to see the players play. Now these guys are looking at more as a return on their investment. Yep, of course. They're yeah. like, you know, we got to yeah. rest this guy. And for some, like you saw the, the kid, Jaden Ivey, he, he twisted his ankle, so he didn't play in the game. That I had a Pacers-Pistons game, too, and he didn't play in that game because he was hurt. Um, Yeah, you know, they're just... They're trying to make it through the summer, get the yeah. guys to training camp healthy. Uh, we got to talk about what's going on with the the Giants and the trade deadline. But since we're on the subject of summer league, I I gotta I'm dying to find out what you think of this guy. I kind of like Guy Santos. Oh yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's I like good. he's so efficient, and you know if he he's can more shoot. athletic than I realized. Yeah, he can yeah. run and move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not gonna he's not gonna play on a big league squad this year. Uh. I was under impression when they drafted him that he was going to stay in Brazil. But now I'm hearing he's probably going to be with mm. the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors. Nice. He's going to stay in the States, play with them, uh, which I think is good just to have that, just to have him close. Right. Um, you know, every now and then he can get up to chase and work out with the big league team. And I, I think it's a really important uh, point in uh, his uh, formation as a player. So now would be a great time for him to come here and play against the best competition he can. And just his familiarity with, like, sometimes when these guys, especially guys who are already foreigners, when they stay, like, the basketball is the biggest challenge, obviously, and you got to figure out how to play the American game and adapt to the American athletes. And just, you know, refine your skills to be good enough to play in the NBA. But then just like living in a foreign country, America's a foreign country to them. That's that's a barrier too. like just getting comfortable with your surroundings. Um, you know, having him over here, he won't have to worry about that. You know, like he'll start that process. Yeah. Now, too, it's just, you know, because I, I know a lot of guys who play overseas and I'm personal friends with guys who play overseas and. Half the time, you know they, everybody, your friends with Gabe Kapler texting him, <laughs> guys that play overseas. They, it's just sometimes they don't play well because they're not comfortable. Not even it's not even a basketball. It's like there's a language barrier. They're living in this weird apartment. They don't know what to order to eat. It's just a lot going on. It's not an easy lifestyle for an American, and I imagine it's the same thing for uh, an international guy coming to America. There's a lot of stuff that you have to get comfortable with that's outside of even the basketball stuff. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, Jonathan Kuminga's introductory press conference last year, and you were probably there outside the Chase Center, and he was asked about, you know, the differences between where he is now and where he was, and he's like, you got to be kidding me. We had, like, dirt roads and things, and, you know, there's nothing like this at all where I I grew up. Right, and and he comes to, like, the most techie yeah crazy app he's yeah. like what are these scooters that i get i open it with an app on my phone he's probably like what the hell is going on so a lot more in summer league coming up of course but I, here was the point i was going to make here we talk about kd talk about wiseman talk a lot also about jimmy g we'll continue to do so but i think between now and the deadline jason i suspect we're going to be talking a lot in addition to those guys about Juan Soto and the possibility of the Giants being in on Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. The Nationals made it public that Juan Soto turned down 15 years, $440 million. 
Why would they make that public? And according to reports, Juan Soto's not thrilled that they made that public. He kind of would rather maybe negotiate privately. So there's an indication that they don't think they can get something done. And according to reports, the Nationals also are willing to listen to trade offers for this generational talent. A lot of people look at the Giants. I know Bonte, uh, you know, Bonte and Butch every morning here during the week on 95.7 The Game. Bonte's made the point, the Giants just, they don't have that star power. And no, it's a I good was saying point. that all yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The truth. Juan Soto could be on the market. Hello. Go get him. Really? Go get him. You'd have to give up a lot. So what? Do it. Yeah? Do it. You know, go give up all those guys in your farm system. Get him. Kyle Harrison, Marco Luciano, maybe Joey Bart. I don't know. And it just, I mean, two things. Obviously, Soto's worth a lot, and you'd be competing with a lot of teams who would have a lot to offer. So a lot of people look at this and say the Giants would have a chance to put together a halfway decent package. I don't think, Farhan, I don't think that that's the way he operates. No, that's not in his wheelhouse at all. There's no chance he's going to do that. That's too bad, isn't it? There's no chance. He Farhan Juan is one of those. Soto, he's what is he? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. He turns twenty four in October. True story. <laughs> so he practically is a prospect, but he's already one of the best Juan hitters in Soto. baseball. I covered Juan Soto when he played for the Hagerstown Suns wow. for a full year. Um, I watched him snap his ankle in half, um, making a play at home plate. He's good. He's so oh, yeah. Good. You knew he was going to be good when I was watching him in single A ball. I worked for this small TV station in Central Maryland and in Hagerstown, Maryland. And mm-hmm. the, the Washington Nationals minor league affiliate was the Hagerstown Suns. And Soto was on that team. Uh, Soto, Carter Keboom, who's in the majors now, they were really good that year, obviously, all the, because they have like had a bunch of future major league productive players and led by Soto. Um, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not surprised he he turned that deal down because, like, if it gives me the impression that he's not happy there. And, like, look, when you're making upwards of anywhere over, like, $100 million, like, happiness probably, you, you got to weigh your happiness in because what would you rather be, unhappy making 440 or happy making 250 yeah there it's like come on what, what's the difference really i know it's 200 million but how do you even spend that much money 888-957-9570 the comcast business text line is jason dumas and whitey gleason with you till one today the giants need to be all in on juan soto and no matter what fans think i agree with you jason i just don't think farhan's interested in it but a number of layers to this it's really interesting isn't it that the nationals are the ones who leaked this if you will why would they do that? They knew that Juan Soto wasn't going to take this deal, but they also know that in the court of public opinion, a lot of people, a lot of their fans are going to look at that and go, who wants that guy? If he's not going to take $440 million over 15, what's wrong with him? He's greedy. We don't want him. And I agree with you. You look at that, it would have been, I know this is just a comically, it's just an absurd amount of money, but $29.3 million per year, that would rank him 15th among players based on their 2022 salaries. 15th. Also, that long-term of a deal, you figure if he signs for that now, in 10 years, he's going to go, oh, man, that was a bad deal, right? Yeah. Because players are going to make so much more. And also, they might get sold. He doesn't even know who's going to own the team. Right. I mean, 15 is just a long, long time. There's no need. It's unnecessary. If if I'm looking at it as a player, like – like, I'm not going to operate under the fact that all of a sudden my skills are just going to erode or that like, right. I'm going to get a light uh, career-altering injury. I'm just mm-hmm. 
like, hey, I'm I'm a confident guy. I'm going to be really, really good for the next decade. Sign a six year deal. You know, six years when I'm still in my prime, I'll sign another six year yeah. deal. For, you know, yeah, like, come on, Washington. They looked at that like, oh, we'll end up 15 years from now. We'll set. We're saving money. Right. Right. So, yeah, it is what it is. Like a lot of people are like, how do you turn on down all that money? He knows he's going to be filthy rich regardless. He knows he's probably going to make more than that. Yeah, it's just, you know, like I just I know like I've just said it, but and I know the difference between 200 million and 400 million is 200 million dollars. But like, I feel like you just don't feel that like once you're so rich. Does it matter whether you have two, two or four hundred million? Mm-hmm. Unless you're like going to like buy yachts every other weekend or something. But you know, a lot of these guys, even though they're super, super duper rich, they live relatively normally. Like they're not spending all that money so fast. So, well, some guys are. We saw that thirty for thirty broke yeah. uh, on ESPN, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you the, the Giants are are a boring team. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. They're pretty good, you know. They'll they'll be competitive all year, and they've been competitive since Gabe Kapler and, and Farhan came on board. And I think Andy Baggerly wrote that they're an ensemble, which is what they are. They're a bunch of guys that are okay. They're not like. On the other hand, you know, you don't want to be the Angels. They got Trout. They got Otani, and they're terrible. But you're right. I mean, the Giants are just kind of a bunch of guys mixing and matching, and they've made it work, and they're playing really well right now. But, you know, San Francisco, Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Barry Bonds, and they just don't have that kind of oomph right now. No, not at all. It's like, it's a boring product. And I know this is a major league-wide problem. I'm not saying it's a San Francisco problem or organizational problem. But no one's going to freeze their butt off in that stadium to watch Mike Yastrzemski, to watch Brandon Belt. I'm sorry, and that's no disrespect to guys like that. They've had great, they've had good to, they've had good careers. I'm not gonna say they've had great careers. They've had good careers, mm-hmm. um, but it's just they don't move the needle from an entertainment standpoint. And that's how, sports is entertainment. Yeah, that's why we spend our hard on money to go watch these games. You know, of course we want to see our team win, but we also want to be entertained. We want to have fun, and that's not happening at Oracle Park. Attendance is down, but it is down all over. Here's another thing that's enticing about Soto. Quite often when you have a situation like this, you have a guy who's at the end of his deal. So you're not sure, well, if we trade for him and then we have him here for the rest of the year, like Chris Bryant last year, do you want to give up a lot for a guy that you may not have? But Soto is not going to be a free agent till after the 2024 season. So even if you got him and he were to decide, I don't really like it here, you still would have him for the rest of this year and then next year and then 2024. Yeah, no, 100%. It's like, it's like, uh, I mean, over on the basketball side, Kawhi Leonard, when the when the uh, Raptors traded for him, they knew there was a good chance he might not stay there, but it worked out. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they bring him in and they end up winning a championship. He leaves. They don't care. I mean, obviously they wanted to retain him, but it's like whatever he left. But we want a we want a championship. That trade was one hundred percent worth it, even though we only had him for a year. Mm-hmm. Bring bring over Soto and see what happens. Like that's the way I look at it. But like you said, I don't see Farhan operating that way. He is the king of trying to do more with less, um, bargain shop. 
be super duper efficient with his numbers and books. And on one hand, I can appreciate that. But on another hand, it gets old. It just does. You know, it gets old. It's like, come on, man. This is we're in Silicon Valley, Tech Central, San Francisco. Like there's money out here. There's money to be made right. out here. Stop being so damn cheap. Yeah. Andrew Friedman runs the uh, Dodgers. He used to be a Farhan's boss there. And he came from Tampa Bay. And Friedman was one of those guys who was able to do a great job of maximizing their investment and getting the most out of teams that didn't have a high payroll. Then he went to the Dodgers. And it was like, I have the high payroll. He had the best of both worlds, which they're still enjoying there. They have the analytics. They have the, you know, they can platoon. They can match up. They can also spend a lot of money on big name players like Freddie Freeman. The best of both worlds, the big money approach and the more money ball analytic approach. I think a lot of fans, well, I'll just speak for myself. I thought, hmm, the Giants, maybe after last year, they're in position to be one of those teams where you have the best of both worlds. Right now, it's still definitely that penny-pinching approach. They've cut payroll. So is that because, to your point, Jason, is it because Farhan's good at that? Or is he getting, is that the mandate that's handed down? Like, all right, we don't want to spend that much money anymore. That's the key question that I think Giants fans really need answered, and I don't know if we'll ever have it answered. Is Farhan doing this because he's just really good at it, or is he doing it because he doesn't have a choice because of the mandate from from uh, upstairs? No, he has a choice. It's it's on him. It's, <clears throat> I'm not hearing that. I just, I just they, think, they have cut payroll. Yeah, that's true. But I just think that's his that's his mo. You know, he's been like that since the day he stepped in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have no reason to believe that that's coming from somewhere else. And like I said, it's hard to argue totally with his results. You know, it's, right. it's hard to argue with his results because he's been relatively successful. And they are playing better right now. No question. Six of eight, as we said. But like I said, it just gets old. You know, sometimes you're just like, come on, come on, do something. But like, this is a star market. Mm hmm. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Bosa, Debo Samuel, you know? Logan Webb, yeah. Fine pitcher, but yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like, you know, they they lost, what's his name, my guy, uh, Buster Posey, and he hasn't been replaced in terms of that. He was, like, the biggest star on the Yeah, Giants. I think so, yeah. And, uh, you know, now it's just, uh, you just got your average Joe's Put on the work cap and going to work, which is cool. But so you're trading everybody. I mean, you're trading all your top prospects if that's what it takes to get Juan Soto. One hundred percent. They need someone like that. Yeah, and the beauty of it is, as we said, he's so young already. It's not like you're training a bunch of young guys for an old guy over the hill. He's twenty three years old. Yeah, no, he can be the future of your franchise, and they just need they need. They need something to reinvigorate just, just a fan base. You also need to keep them from going to the Dodgers or even the Padres. Because you know they'll spend to get him. <laughs> they don't care. They will spend. They'll do whatever it takes to get a guy like that. Or the Yankees. They'll go. He'll go somewhere. Yeah. Why didn't you, when you saw Gabe Kapler riding around today, why didn't you tell him, hey, Okay, I'm not going to text you, Gabe, but you got to get Soto. <laughs> See, when I was driving up, we were, we, were, we were both approaching an intersection. He's come, he's in front of me, and I'm making a left, and he was he was going straight. And as I was making my left, that's when I noticed it was him. 
Mm-hmm. So I would have had to stop, reverse. It, it I think it would have been worth it for Juan Soto. <laughs> Gabe keeps everything close to the vest. If yeah. I said anything like Juan Soto, he'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm happy with my team. <laughs> and he would have kept riding his bike. It's like, it's like he gives insightful answers. I don't want to say he's a bad soundbite because he's not, but he does not play into the storyline BS that sometimes sports anchors and reporters want to want to play up i think we've gotten used to him i think one of the reasons there was uh so much backlash when he was hired is because you know boach was just like the prototypical baseball manager he used to play he kind of had that limp you know and he was clever then you have kapler who just didn't look like a manager that shouldn't matter but i think for a lot of us it was like that's who that guy's in shape he talks about analytics and talks about uh, you know pitching in terms that we've never heard before. Guys are in in buckets and and I just think for some of it for some of us it was difficult to adjust to a guy who didn't fit what we thought a major league manager was. Right, right, and you know he didn't have the best reputation leaving Philadelphia. Right, although I think Philly was unfairly hard on him. Shocker. Um, yeah, but he was, I mean, he did some things that managed boneheaded stuff. Yeah. Where the manager, or excuse me, the umpire say, I, I'm going to let this guy warm up now, but I'm not supposed to, but I'm doing that. So it won't get hurt. You got to have your pitchers warmed up. Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, but he got over, he learned from that. He did. Yeah, he learned, but you look yeah. over at Philly, the Phillies now, they still stink. They, <laughs> you know, that's a wild card hunt. That's an organizational that, that that's one of the worst organizations in sports. Outside a couple years uh, of getting, they had like the era with Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, where like they were really good for like a five, six year stretch. Yeah. And then they had that stretch in the 80s, where it's like two, three years where they were really good. Outside of that, they're one of the most losing organizations in professional sports. So Gabe Kapler is better off without the. They did win a World Series in them though, right? Eighty. They won in eighty. No, yeah. they they won it yeah. in two thousand nine. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh nine. I think was the year they won. I can't remember. Against the Rays. Yeah, I was like a sophomore or junior in college. Um. But yeah, you know. So. We'll see. We'll see. You know, I think Gabe has done a good job. I mean, of course he has. He was manager of the year last year. So, you know. On the text line, Jason, from the 707, talking about Gabe Kaplan when you saw him. That's when you roll your window down and yell, Juan Soto! As loud as you physically can, so that way he can hear it from whatever expensive noise cancellation headphones he has on. He was wearing he was wearing the uh he was wearing the um the AirPods, the Apple AirPods. <laughs> AirPod guy. <laughs> um <clears throat> that's another reason I don't say anything to him, because he always has headphones in. Mm. So you don't want it to like this. When people have headphones in, to me, it's a signal, like, don't talk to me. Just text him now and say, hey, so I, today, I yelled Juan Soto, but you didn't respond. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one would garner a response. All right. Uh, coming up here, all of a sudden, it is 2021 again at Oracle. 888-957-9570, Comcast Business Text Line. Number to call if you want to participate uh, via text or you want to uh, give us a call. That's the number. It's Jason Dumas and Whitey Gleason with you. Uh, till one today on 95.7 The Game. Now back to 95.7 The Game. 
Juan Soto's on the market, but I think it's fair to say here, if the Giants do not end up getting him, we can at least partially blame Jason Dumas. <laughs> Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas with you today. Because Jason saw Cap today. Uh, Cap was on his bike, maybe going to the ballpark. Jason Sama didn't say a thing about Soto. Didn't say a thing. Someone at the text line says, plant the seeds of thought. Whispered Judge Soto next time you see him. And the next thing you know. Everyone's um, been mentioning Judge. What is he like? Are, is he in a contract dispute with the Giants or with the Yankees or something? Yeah, he could be free agent. He could be on the market. Uh, he's expected to be on the market after after this year. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> there is 0% chance they let him go. It's the Yankees. Well, uh, he's turned down an offer already. You know, it's up to him though. Is the thing if yeah, for, if the, if there's a reason why he doesn't want to stay there, maybe he is you know. Your maybe he wants some facial hair. A yeah, weird organization. There you, go. you can't. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have been trying to construct the argument that yeah, the judge could be in on judge. Uh, it's fun to think about and and fun to talk about. I ultimately think you're right that it's just that's not how Farhan does business. No, no, he doesn't. He's, but he's smart. Maybe he can learn to change his approach. Maybe, but I don't see that. I see I see him going, ah, it's too expensive. We want to keep our farm system replenished. There's also this. There's the fact that um, in the past, anyway, I know it's changed a little bit over the last couple of years, but this is not a hitter's paradise in San Francisco. And if you're a guy that makes your money uh, hitting home runs and and you know you're thinking about your legacy and your stats, the numbers you're going to put up. This isn't necessarily where you want to play half your games. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. Um, well, no, I, I don't agree with that. I know, I know it's not a hitter's park. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, you know, the wind. I know it's cold as hell here too. Um, for for baseball, you know, right? Not 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 in general. Trust and me. it's football season. I, like it's beautiful now, yeah. right? I've lived in you know I lived in way colder places, but for a baseball player, when you're used to a nice warm weather, you're making fun of Californians, aren't you? You're making fun of us because when it gets like fifty, no, northern like, northern California, it's cold. Northern yeah. California, that's like a, SoCal people. Yeah. You know they don't get it. it doesn't get to fifties down there. Okay, um, <clears throat> NorCal. <laughs> uh, but no, all jokes aside, as a baseball player, it's probably weird when you're like. When it's July and you're in the outfield and it's 55 degrees, you're probably like, what's going on? Um, but no, I think San Francisco is a beautiful city. No question. Beautiful city. I would love to play here as a pro athlete. Even though it's not a hitter's park, you figure it out. You know, it's an organization that has a tremendous amount of history. Uh, it's an organization that has great brand recognition. Mm-hmm. I would play here. What my man yesterday was saying also that um, was saying the same eh, kind of the same thing as you were saying in, in terms of, about Danny Devone. Yeah. Okay. In terms that, uh, you know, what, what people people don't want to come here because it's not a hitter's park. But I'm not buying that. I'm not. I think Barry Bonds, granted, he might have had a little extra, <laughs> a little extra help, but. Barry Bonds was here, the best hitter ever. Yeah, but he was coming home. Yeah. Yeah, there were extenuating circumstances. There haven't been a lot of free agents that have flocked to um, play for the Giants. But, I mean, you got to look at it. Has Have the Giants courted these guys? Well, they courted Bryce Harper, as far as we know. And they he, courted and Shohei, although he was never going to come to the National League. They courted Bryce, and Bryce almost came here. Yeah, he considered it. It wasn't. I don't think he wasn't 
I don't think the ultimate deciding factor was like, uh, it's not a hitter's park. It's, it's San Francisco. I just think he thought the Phillies were a better situation for him. Uh-huh. That's all. Uh, so, I I mean, honestly, in my eyes, the Bryce Harper thing kind of backs up my point. Like, he really – he there was a good chance he was going to come here. They just lost out to the Phillies, uh, which is also an amazing sports city. And that's kind of a bandbox. I mean, it's definitely more of a hitter's park than we have here. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But, you know, I we're probably just talking all this for nothing because Farhan's probably like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, they just don't want to commit to a, a long-term deal like it's going to take. But however, um, with with Soto, you could bring him in for a couple. Years. You don't. You wouldn't necessarily have to commit to that. You'd love to keep him. But even if he came here and said, you know, I I don't know if I want to stay here, he wouldn't be a free agent until after twenty twenty four. Do we know who Juan Soto's agent is? Uh we can find that out for you. Yeah. It- We'll see. It's not my man. Who who? It's not the guy who has who was Chris Bryant's agent, right? Who's like the mega agent? Oh, uh, you're talking about uh, the guy from uh, Oak Grove, Scott Boris. Yeah, I, Scott. No, Boris. I don't believe it is. We'll Scott Boris. On that. He's getting every penny for every one of his clients. Mm-hmm. That man, he he ain't taking no discounts. I just hope he doesn't end up going to the uh, Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah. Or here, the Padres. Yeah. Here are some numbers here. ESPN has a simulator that suggests, let's see, how would how would adding Juan Soto affect the Giants' World Series odds? Uh, let's see here. Giants have the most significant increase in their odds of reaching the postseason from adding Soto to their lineup. They'd see their total win prediction at 913 with Soto in the lineup, their their playoff chances uh, would shoot up to eighty two percent. World Series chances would go up to six point six percent for what that's worth. Who knows? Those are just uh, speculative numbers. The bottom line is, you would have a reason for people to get excited about your team again. Although, if I'm a real tried and true Giants fan, I'm saying, look at what's going on yesterday uh, and the the comeback. Friday, you're already getting reasons to get excited about this team right now without Juan Soto. Fool's gold. Six runs in the ninth, three home runs and a a walk-off slam on Friday. Yesterday, an exciting balk in the eighth inning. I actually still have, I can't see where Gustave committed the balk, but exciting things happening. It's fool's gold. It is. You know, I'm not saying they're not a good team. They are. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they'll be a wild card team. But you can't let, don't let a couple of lucky wins. Let's just be honest. Like, it was a really good win, but that guy never blows saves. That wasn't a hater. Yeah. Hater never blows saves. Yesterday, that wasn't a balk. I don't think it was. It was not a balk. (laughs) So let's not let that. But that's the Giants' magic of last year. It's back, right? No, that was, they did things no. last year where we they, all go. They've been, How are they doing this? Uh, uh-uh, uh, they've been losing mo- the majority of their those close games. Last year, Giants won like every single close game they're in. Yeah, this year they've lost like every single close know, game. They, they're they, in. They, they, they've turned the tables, Jason. Right? No, your buddy Gabe Kapler has found a way. I mean, it would be nice to think that, but you can't allow the last week to lead you into this thinking that last year's team is back because that team is far gone. Like half of the team last year had career years. 
they've all come back to most like they're pretty much back to what they've normally been doing their entire career. By the way, Brandon Crawford back on the injured list. He's been he's been terrible this year. He's yeah. You know, so that, that doesn't even really that's not even a that's not even it's not even that big of a deal. In terms Joey Bart's swinging the bat well with authority. Finally, he is. He yeah. is. But boop, boop. my my point is this last this this last week stretch of baseball, we cannot allow that to dictate our thoughts going forward. Like, yeah, it's been a good week, but more than likely the Giants are going to return to what they've been doing for most of the year, and. That's a team that plays in spurts offensively. Some days they look good. Other days they can't get a hit. Well, that's baseball, though, right? That's baseball to a degree. To a degree, but, you know, the Giants don't have a good offense. Most base, most most playoff teams have a way better offense than the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, a team that is just very sloppy on the defensive end. Yeah, they have like six Jordan pools on defense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jordan catching a stray from right? Whitey. Come on. I mean, that's just that's just a fact. But they lost two games in San Diego, and then it looked like, oh, my goodness. They lost a game to the Padres when the Padres were wearing those, whatever they were, City Connect, you know, the, the mint and pink and all that. And Anyway, so they bounce back from that, and they win the last two games of that series, including a thrashing last Sunday. Was it 10 to nothing, whatever it was. They come home. It's like, oh, maybe they have some momentum. They drop the first game to Arizona. It's like, oh, same old Giants. Then they win the next game. They thrash another uh, left-handed pitcher. And then they had that game, the conclusion of the uh, Arizona series, where they were the offense was struggling, they couldn't do anything, and they rallied late and won the game, a come-from-behind win. Then they're playing the Brewers, like, here we go. Oh, they lost the first game. But then they have the miraculous win Friday, and then yesterday they win again, a narrow narrow, uh, narrow win, 2-1. to one. So if you win today and you win 3-4 or four from Milwaukee, you have some momentum going into the break, and I mean, that that's that's better than continuing to just kind of flounder around playing really uninspired baseball. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm not, look, yeah, I'm happy they're winning. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying they you're still s- need to get a guy like Soto. Just because they won three or four against the Brewers, that doesn't alleviate all their issues. Mm-hmm. They had a good stretch. Yeah. Cool. They need Soto. They're going to get him, though. No, you know that as well as I do. They're It'd not. be awesome. They're not, but fans should put the pressure on on this management. You should have put the pressure on the manager You're today right. when you saw him. You're right. I should have. <laughs> I should have fishtailed right in front of him. <laughs> Soto, get him. What are those things that they? Uh, what are these things they? They've been doing in San Francisco a lot lately, and in the Bay Area, it's illegal. The 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 shows, the the road shows where they're. Oh, you know what I mean, right? Where they're like. Driving in circles, uh, really donuts fast. and yeah, 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 yeah. I should have done that around yeah. Cap. Yes, just the donuts around him. Why? Yeah, I won't stop until Soto's in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sideshows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have done a sideshow right in front of my job. Just, just rode around Cap until uh, until he said, "All right, we'll we'll acquire Juan." All Star Game coming up Tuesday. We got the Home Run Derby. What tomorrow? I got it. Rodon's not pitching, right? No, he's yeah. He has a what a split nail, I think. Uh, so I think the Giants were like, we don't want to pitch. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I get excited. The kid in me gets excited every year. It's an all-star game. I remember as a kid how exciting that was. It's the best players of both leagues. Now, of course, you get to see every team anytime you want, so it doesn't have the same sort of novelty. I get excited about it when it starts, then I realize and you watch the game. Sometimes it's a decent game. Sometimes they don't care, so why should I care? But the home run derby, I think, is better than the slam dunk contest now. Slam dunk contest has been watered, watered down. Yes. Everything about NBA All-Star Weekend in terms of the individual. Like, the three-point contest is better than a dunk contest. I agree. I agree. You know? Uh, home run derby. I, I, I don't watch it all that much, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a huge baseball All-Star Weekend guy. Here's the cool thing about it, and, and now it's kind of similar to the three-point contest. You know, the dunk contest is there's judges and who knows, but three-point contest, you got to make your shots. And guys want to win that. And the home run derby, I think guys want to win the home run derby more than they want to win the actual all-star game. Pete Alonzo of the Mets is like, I want to win it this year. So that just makes it more interesting because they're actually trying harder in the home run derby than they are in the actual all-star game. I'm just glad the winner of the all-star game doesn't decide home field anymore. That was the dumbest rule. (laughs) I think I'm like one of seven people on the face of the earth that liked that. So no, yeah, uh, uh, so dumb. Like a team, a team's success doesn't matter because of some all star game. Well, yeah, trying to make it, trying to make the game matter. I hated it. It, it just, it is what it is. It was an all star game. The game doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You're having fun. It's, it's a fun. You're showcasing. That's what it is. Did you happen to see what Hunter Pence did in the uh, celebrity all-star softball game? Something about the Dodgers, right? Yeah. Well, they they have to wear, they're all wearing, all the celebrities are wearing Dodger jerseys because it's a Dodger stadium. And his team was wearing, they were like half Brooklyn Dodgers, half L.A. Dodgers or, or something. I guess it was Brooklyn against L.A. Dodgers. Anyway, so he hits a home run and he's coming around the bases round in second and he unbuttons his Dodger jersey to reveal that he had a Giants t-shirt underneath. Oh, that a yeah. boy. Hunter Pence, he's always going to be a fan favorite. Um, he's a good dude. He played in Philly for a hot second as well. Um, he played on that Philly, really good Phillies team that underachieved in the postseason that year. I think that was like 2012 Phillies or 11. Um, you talking about the 2010 team that lost to the Giants? No, I don't. But he wasn't on that team. He wasn't on that team. He was on the team a couple of years later. Um all those years blend together to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, good for Hunter Pence. That away, that'll show him. That'll show him. Jason Textline here, uh, Comcast Business Textline, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. Jason, are you watching more MLB All Star Game or Drew League? Um, Drew League, LeBron. I'm a out. basketball guy. I know. I know. I'm a basketball guy. Like I'll watch summer league basketball over like a even like a. Really good baseball game. Yeah, I understand. I think the NBA offseason, not the games, the summer league games, but even just the free agency and the rumors and the speculation, sometimes I think that has become more interesting than Major League Baseball games that are going on at the same time. Yeah, where's Donovan Mitchell going? Yeah. Where is he going, Wadey? New York? Is, is, is Are the Knicks going to make I, that happen? I, I think so, but I don't think he's that guy. I don't think he's good enough to be that guy with the Knicks to be their star in New York. I think really highly of Donovan Mitchell. I think he's good. I probably think he's a little better than most people think. But I'm still not sure if he's the best player on a championship team. Right. 
he needs a he needs a sidekick who is equally or a little better than him mm-hmm. for that team to legitimately be a championship contender. How about his running mate? Used to be his running mate, Rudy Gobert. Gobert. I asked somebody uh, who's been in the NBA for years. I said, "All right, if you got Gobert there, who's Carl Anthony Towns going to guard?" And the guy told me he's going to guard the same person he's always guarded. No Nobody. Cat <laughs> <laughs> just wants to be a three point shooter. So annoying. He's so he's so physically imposing visually. He's not he doesn't play like that as a he said, I want to be the best big uh best shooting big man in NBA history. Speaking of the three point contest, yeah. Big man winning that. That was significant. You know, he, he even said that. So you know what type of time he's on. He wants to be a shooter. He doesn't want to bang. He doesn't want to, you know, mix it up. The, the Timberwolves got better. With that trade, in the short term at least, they gave up a lot of picks. So it'll be interesting to see them. I think next year the man on that team is going to be Anthony Edwards, though. He's amazing. He's really, really good. Have you heard this story about his workout with the Warriors? No. Oh, man, it's a funny story. So before the draft? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, of course, they didn't have a chance to get him because he was gone. Yeah, he went went number one overall. Uh, That would have been awesome if he was here. We We probably never see this version of Jordan Poole, but... You know, I think I'd rather have Anthony Edwards anyway. But anyway, uh, Anthony Edwards was like basically like the Warriors like were the wake up call for me that like I'm in the NBA now and I need to get like I need to work out harder and get better. He was in the workout and he like couldn't do the workouts. He was getting too tired. It was something where like Steve Kerr was having him like sprint up and down the court his fastest and then stop uh, and pull up for a three and doing it like 10 straight times and like you know he's at like eight or nine i guess and he's getting too tired and and steve's like are are you tired like what's up you gotta be in shape you gotta do this and he was like that workout killed me like he was like after that workout i was like wow i need to i need to get in better shape and he told that story and i was just like that's hilarious Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) the warriors got him into shape the warriors (laughs) were his wake-up call it's minnesota snatched him up though who in the West, based on what we've seen this offseason, do you think the Warriors need to be most concerned with? We still don't know what Phoenix is going to do. Don't you think, Jason, given that they have Aiton and they kept him, they're probably not going to be able to swing a deal for Durant even if they want to? The, the Suns got worse this offseason, I think. Even though they re-signed Aiton, that, that relationship is fractured. Because they nickel and dimed him. They trying to save money. So he ended up making like, I think, like $30 million less. I forget how much. It might not be $30 million. Excuse me. I don't know the exact number. They penny pinched with their number one pick. He already got into it with Monty Williams. He is not. He doesn't want to be there. And now. They're going to have to find a way to make that work. They they didn't get better this offseason. I think the two best teams in the West are going to be the Warriors and, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Not concerned about the Clips? Forgot about them. They're going to be healthy. They'll be up there, too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they got John Wall, who I probably think should come off the bench. I don't think I he's think better. I think he's going to. Yeah, yeah, he's not. I don't. I wasn't yeah, impressed when I first heard about that, and then the more I've read about it, and the more they expect from him, and it sounds like he's gonna, he's gonna accept a lesser role than he used to have, and so, and I think that could work. Yeah, you know, I, 
I would probably put Reggie Jackson above him. Yeah. You know, because Reggie Jackson has played the last two years. Uh all right, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, in no in no specific order, but the Clippers, the Grizzlies, and the Warriors are the top three teams on paper, in my opinion, right now. To me, I think the Warriors dodge a bullet if KD does not go to Phoenix. And I know that it would have oh, been who's going out. I yeah, mean, that sure. would have been, especially if they could have kept Booker and added KD, that would have been <laughs> short term. I don't think that would have been, you know, uh, we wouldn't be looking at a Suns dynasty, but for next year, that would have been kind of scary. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the whole Aiton stuff, because Aiton can't be traded now until January. So maybe if KD plays half the season in Brooklyn and yeah. and yeah. the Suns acquire him around the All-Star break, mm-hmm. that could be scary. What about Kyrie? A no-show at the uh, Drew League yesterday. Apparently he was at a uh, camp. Yeah, he was at what's his name's camp, Coach uh, Handy, Phil Handy's yeah, camp. Yeah. Um, where do I think he's going? Is that what you're if asking? He goes me? to the Lakers. Look out! Right, instant boom, instant contender. The NBA is going to find a way to make that happen. He's going to be a Laker. It might not be easy, and it might not. It might be another thing where it's like maybe at the deadline in mm-hmm. in February, but. I think he's going to be a Laker. It's interesting. Did you see what happened with Russell Westbrook? I know he fired his agent, right? Yeah, long-time agent. Did you hear what his agent said? So this was weird because usually when people, when players go separate ways with their agent, their agent doesn't come out and comment publicly. It is what it is. You know, like it it almost seems like it's bad business for an agent to do that. Yeah. Agent said something along the lines of like, I think he should be in L.A. I think that's his best chance on reinventing himself i'm not going to try to direct quote it because i'll get it wrong but essentially what his agent was saying was he should stay in la and we just have some differences that are irreconcilable irreconcilable yeah yeah so that was interesting it was almost like he was alluding to the fact that russell's about to take a buyout Hmm. and become a free agent that's just me reading into it that's not me reporting anything so it'll be interesting. Like that was a those were very peculiar comments from an agent in in light. Yeah, you're of, right. Typically the agent just you just roll with it. You're who cares what you think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if if Russell Wilson Russell Wilson if Russell Westbrook takes a buyout and leaves the Lakers, that opens up space for them and that opens up a move for Kyrie Irving. Is there anybody that would want, should want Russell Westbrook? To me, I just, at this point, bless you, Russ. You play hard. I will always, when you're done, I will always miss you because you play hard. But the way you've been playing last few years, you're so stubborn. I don't know that you can help me. Uh, I think uh, like like a middle-of-the-pack team could use a guy like Russell Westbrook. I just think he needs to be on the ball all the time. Let me, and, and I don't think that him on the ball is conducive to winning. That's where I think we are. He needs a ball all the time. And if you give him the ball all the time, that's great. You just ain't going to win many games. Right. Now, trust me, I've been Russell Westbrook's biggest critic over the last five years. He doesn't play winning basketball. He doesn't have a high hoops IQ. He he makes he almost always makes the the, the wrong basketball decision. Let me look. What team could use a guy like Russell Westbrook? Why don't you hang on to that? We'll come back and get your answer. Also coming up, 
Uh, Jason weighs in on the notion of number 30 being number two all time. That's next. Jason Dumas, Whitey Gleason with you. 95.7 The Game.